0: 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Let's go! This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Femi FFA,
1: on VSAN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. We have a fun show for you guys on tap. Make sure to tweet at us at VEASAN live on Twitter at MLombardi. NFL is where you can find Michael. At Femi Bebefe is where you can find me. Uh, a lot of fun over the weekend, Michael. We have NFL preseason week one games to react to. I actually saw DraftKings is starting to populate the Week 2 numbers. So, preseason, we're here, man. We're rolling along each and every week, Game starting up coming up Thursday, but how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. We're in the routine. We got games to watch. You can go through it. You can kind of make some assumptions. Not too many, Femi. We don't want to get carried away here. I know we do that. We have a tendency to do that, but it's all good. You know, we didn't even congratulate Stormy, who we miss, who got married on Saturday. I mean, I feel really bad about that. You know, congratulations to Stormy and her husband, and you know, hopefully everything went well. I I didn't hear any details. Stephanie, I'm sure, will tell us tomorrow, but Mm -hmm. I didn't hear any details of
1: the wedding, so I'm assuming everything went to plan. Yeah, I'm assuming so. I was not there. Uh, (laughs) I'm assuming that everything went to plan there. Congratulations once again to Stormy. That's why I'm here on a Monday, uh, on this overreaction Monday, because Stormy is typically in this spot spot right now. So hopefully they're off to the honeymoon doing that thing and get a nice little time off before football season starts. No question a lot to do. A lot to do here, and we have a lot to do on the show over these next two hours, starting in 45 minutes. Mike Triplett, who covers the Saints for New Orleans.Football, will be joining us. We'll talk New Orleans Saints. That offense looked pretty good in the first half. Could we be sleeping? On Derek Carr, Dennis Allen, and this Saints attack, we'll ask Mike Triplett 45 minutes from now. 1.30 Eastern, 10.30 Pacific, Mike Pritchard, VEASAN, NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first-round pick. He will join us to give his thoughts on what we saw in Week 1 of the preseason and what we can carry over into Week 2 of the preseason and also, more importantly, the regular season, which is now less than a month away. But, Michael, we have to react to what we saw here down the street from the Circle Resort and Casino over at Allegiant Stadium on the Strip in the afternoon, the Las Vegas Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers. The result of the game is not really relevant here, but how the offenses looked and how Trey Lance, more importantly, looked there for the Niners, which was a shaky start, despite what the box score really showed. Shaky
2: start? How about the ending? I mean, you know, that was kind of hard to do. Uh, yeah, I, I, I said this yesterday on the air before the game. That there was no chance he's going to be the number two quarterback, and I'll double down on that. I'll double down on yeah. that, and I, I feel bad. I, I'm not taking shots at the kid. Yeah. It's just it's unfortunately no he's not in the rhythm. You know, it's it's just not it's not there. And I think one of the reasons why instinctively it just doesn't come. And when you watch Aiden O'Connell for the Raiders, and I'm not ready to put him in the Hall of Fame either, but. You saw a system, and he was executing, and he fit within, and he had great poise, and he had great anticipation. I thought the Raiders' execution was really good. I I thought that, to me, was the story of the game. What you're looking for in these preseason games is the ability to execute. You know, Jacksonville's execution was really good. Uh, You know, when you watch these games unfold, that's what you want to see. You want to see the offensive line playing well the Raiders' line played well. You want to see the quarterback handle the situation and throw the ball, and then the receiver shockingly catch the ball and advance it. So I think that's what we saw from the Raiders' offense, and it's encouraging. They played a lot of their backups in the offensive line, and they looked a lot better in this game than they did last year.
1: Well, I asked you right as we were ending the show yesterday, is Trey Lance Mm -hmm. True or False playing for a roster spot? Now, uh, we've seen the game, from yesterday he didn't look good in fact he probably should have thrown two interceptions uh, both of them dropped one of them being dropped and right into the hands of ross dwelly there for a touchdown which i had never seen anything like that before <laughs> and a, a turnover worthy mm-hmm. touchdown is what we're gonna go ahead and deem that we well, had
2: 111 quarterback rating <laughs> you st- calm down now he had 111 quarterback rating let's not let's Sorry, understand yeah. that that's Sorry. important
1: <laughs> but the, do you think that his roster spot is on the line just to kind of pay off what i asked you yesterday to close out the show no it can't be, Femi. You
2: know, it costs twenty I think it'll cost ten million. He has so much money and guaranteed over the next two years they can't afford to cut him. I mean, they should because they need to give his money to Bosa, but they can't because of this. This is you know, this is a problem that gets into when you blow a pick, the third pick overall in the draft, and it doesn't come to fruition. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the salary cap and because they can't really get anything out of him, he's gonna have to be the third string quarterback. Look, I think what was clear in the game was if it goes the way you practice it, Lance may be effective. If it changes or alters pre-snap or during snap, then it becomes a real issue. They're stuck with him for two more years. He's got guarantees next year, Femi. Who's going to take those guarantees off their hands? Like Who's running in line to put their hand up and say, oh, please, please, can we pay him? Nobody. Everybody's sitting back saying, you know, we liked him coming out, but we didn't like him as much as you did.
1: Well, and that's what I'm so like, kind of dumbfounded on is that clearly Adam Peters, John Lynch, that 49ers brass liked him a lot. You reported that Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. How did like what did Peters and Lynch see when those a season and one game of Trey Lance at North Dakota State because he only played that one game during the 2020 season because the FCS teams had to play in the springtime. But even in 2019, the way he was used at North Dakota State, like what did they see in that to say? We need to go ahead and not just take him with our first round pick, move up into the draft and use a ton of resources to go ahead and select this guy.
2: <clears throat> well, what they saw is where well, we all make mistakes. They saw a big player who was fast and had a great arm. And they took and they, and they missed the instinctive part. Had Bill Walsh been in the building, he would have never said, Let's take Lance. There's no way. That was everything against what he believed in. I'm sure if you gave Mike Shanahan Kyle's father truth serum, he would have not said that. He would have said exactly the same thing. You know, look at the court, look at Trey Lance and look at Kirk Cousins. Look at Trey Lance and look at RG3. Who did the Shanahans want in Washington? They wanted Kirk Cousins. Daniel Snyder, the former owner, who was also the former head scout and general manager, he wanted RG3. Who did they pick? So, past performance of history of what you like determines the future. That's why it made really no sense. Now, what the rhetoric that came out of San Francisco was, the reason they liked Lance is because he can enhance the offense. That is Kyle's offense was getting stale. It didn't look stale last year, by the way. But it was getting stale, and they needed someone to come in to add more dimensions to the offense. That's just a bunch of crap. Mm. That was just a lie. It's like the Warren Commission will just make something up to fit the case. So... You know, I I think ultimately this is where they are, and they're going to have to deal with it moving forward. It's unfortunate. You feel bad for Lance because it's not his fault. He's trying. Mm -hmm. It's just not there. Darnold wasn't much better, but he Mm -hmm. played in the second half with a lot of the backups. He had a great throw down the nine route. He missed some easy throws. I thought Rich Gannon said it really well. You know, what, what happens to Darnold, what happens to Mayfield, what happens to some of these guys that are the lower tier is they make the easy play hard. If you are got to throw the hitch out there, throw the hitch, and, and you got to hit that. It's against air, there's nobody there. When you make that a hard completion, then all of a sudden things
1: break down. Well, that's why, from the betting perspective, like this 49ers team really interests me because the uncertainty at quarterback, because even with as good as Brock Purdy looked last year, it was only about six games or so. Like It's it hard to really have complete faith that, oh, this team should be, 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl or whatever they are right now. 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, 4 to 1 to win the conference, minus 165 to win the NFC West with a win total of 10.5. That is reserved for teams typically that have established quarterbacks at play. We already know Lance is not going to be the guy. Darnold, I'm curious to see what he looks like if he gets reps with the first team or at least reps in the first half, if he can look really good. And Purdy, while looked good last year, it was just six games, like I mentioned. So. Are you a little bit skeptical of this Niners team, even though they do have the backing of the market mm-hmm. here to go out and do big things? Yeah, I'm a little
2: skeptical. I, well, remember the market on this 49ers team went from, I think, 11.5 down to 10.5. Yeah,
1: yeah there were people that bet the other. Right?
2: I mean, we, it opened at 11.5 and everybody jumped off and then all of a sudden it moved to 10.5. I, 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 I'm a little worried. Look, I think Purdy was great. I think he played really well for the last pick of the draft. He really was good. However, uh, you know, can he? He has to play that way another year. And teams, one thing we know, teams get a, a sense of who you are and how you play. And if you can't ratify that, if you don't change your game, and all of a sudden, you know, you could sit. There's no way you could sit there and say, okay, when we play Patrick Mahomes, if we just do this, we'll slow him down. There, that rhetoric doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Justin Herbert. That rhetoric doesn't exist. Whereas for Tua. You know, if we pressure Tua inside and make him have to see over there, okay, there's what you have to do. So once games get played, you start to come up with a theory on how to play the player. And when there's no theory, like with Herbert, like Burrow, how do you play Burrow? Okay, hard to do. He's good in the pocket. But Kyler Murray, keep him in the pocket. You see what I'm saying here? Mm -hmm. And we don't know this on Purdy yet. That's the thing. We don't really know who Purdy is. We haven't seen enough of him.
1: Yeah and I know Michael you always make fun of me for having uh, my screens and and sometimes I have a baseball game up but I'll use a little bit of a baseball analogy here Michael to kind of like put the ball on what you're saying it's almost like when a rookie star player gets called up from the minor leagues and it's, the pitchers are starting to get adjusted. They say, okay, like, how do I pitch to this guy? Oh, I, I shouldn't pitch him here because right. he's going to take me deep. Exactly. And then all of a sudden they realize, oh, he's susceptible to off speed or he's susceptible to a slider down and in. And then they kind of figure it out. And then that player has to make that other adjustment to prove that they're actually a really good player. Correct.
2: Yeah, that you hit the nail and that's a perfect analogy, Femi. It is. And that's what quarterbacks happen. That's why we'll see a spike of a young quarterback and then all of a sudden there's not a maintain there's not there's no maintain maintenance of it. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't continue to see everybody thinks once we see a spike we're gonna get another spike. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, you know, he's in the but when you watch Baker Mayfield in the chief game, he's down 22-16. two sixteen. He's got a chance with four minutes to go in the game to win that game, couldn't make the plays. Right, the
1: next year, people defended him differently. Yeah, no, it's it's the, the progression is not linear. It's there's peaks and valleys, and hopefully the guy can get out of the valleys and then become the player that you hope that he becomes. But we'll talk more about this on the other side as well, and get to the other reactions from around the preseason. This is the Lombardi Line We're rolling along here on Visa the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line presented by bet. MGM Femi and alongside Michael Lombardi fun first hour. We thank Mike Triplett of new Orleans dot football who joined us on the other side, talking to New Orleans saints there and the expectations heading into the season. We do have a fun second hour on deck for you guys as well. Mike Pritchard, VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the league. He'll join us in 30 minutes. We'll also have the odds for the college football top 25. The AP top 25 was released today, so college football already on the mind. Make sure you get that VEASAN college football betting guide in addition to the VEASAN NFL betting guide, which has been out for about six weeks to two months now. But before we continue further, let's step into Michael Lombardi's office. Appointments are lined up. You waiting for somebody in
0: there? Got an appointment. And it's not about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's not personal. It's strictly business. It's time you and me had a private talk winger. Step into my office. And Step Into My Office with Michael Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi will see you now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Lombardi will see 49ers quarterback Trey Lance. Lance is going to the office, Michael Lombardi. What do you got to say to him?
2: Well, look, I, I think it's really important that... At this point in your career, you just have to find a way to get better at something. And every day, work on improving in that area. Because forget about the expectations that people put on you. Forget about where you got drafted. You know, you've got two more years where you know you're going to be on a team. And all that really you can control is showing improvement from one day to the next day to the next day. And not try to get caught up in the big picture. You don't have to worry about, I gotta learn the whole offense. You gotta learn certain things that you can do really well. And I I wouldn't give up the battle yet. I would just continue to work on improving in the areas where you feel you can improve, which is decision making, which is take as many mental reps as you can get. And when you run the scout team, which you'll run this, this fall, just really, really focus on giving the defense a great look, being really accurate, and taking those reps as gold. Because they are for you in your career. They're gold. And there's been a lot of guys before you, and there'll be guys after you, that have struggled. Geno Smith up in the Northwest. No one struggled more than he did. Expectations, even though he was only a second-round pick. And then he bounced around. So, look, we know this. That you're not going to start for the Niners this year. And you're not ready to start. It's not fair to start you. So let's take these reps that you get as gold and try to improve a little bit each day.
1: Yeah. The, the, the quarterback competition stuff, it's almost like Lance needs to be in a competition with himself to improve each and every day. That's right. One day, then be able to, when that chance comes up, like how Geno Smith got, he's ready to go and, and ready to go ahead and lead a franchise. All right. Paging Mr. Frank Reich, going to Michael Lombardi's office, Frank Reich.
2: Frank, Frank, Frank. I mean, like, seriously, I, you're lucky Al Davis doesn't own this team. Because if he'd owned this team and he drafted Bryce Young and gave up all those assets and you treated him like a quarterback that, that had no value, I, I'm not sure you would have been here today. In fact, I got a text from a for, from a former uh, Raider employee that said Frank Wright would have been fired for, for insubordination. <laughs> and he's right. And he's right, had he worked at the Raiders. Like, that, I got that text. I'll read it to you, Frank. Like, what were you watching? Like, at some point, you have to change the script. At some point, you have to recognize your job is to make the decisions on the field based on what you're seeing, not based on what you planned. And that's really important. And I think you haven't done enough of a self-evaluation because you're 0-4-1 and, 4 and 1 in Week 1 games with the Colts. You have been a disaster in Week 1. Your team's not ready to play. So, and it looked like your team wasn't ready to play in week one of the preseason. So I, I think you need to do a self-reflection. I think you need to kind of come back to yourself and say, what am I doing wrong? And and listen to some hard conversations because, look, you know, if you want to continue to have this job, you work for a man who's a billionaire. Just because you got a four-year contract, you think he's not going to fire you? He fired Matt Rule after two, two plus seasons. And Matt Rule had a seven-year deal. So you better get it going because there is expectations, and his prized possession is that quarterback who you disrespected and allowed him to get the crap beat out of
1: him. You'd hope that Frank Reich would have learned from these slow starts in Indianapolis. It appears he has not with what we saw in the preseason. Just one game, maybe they make progress, but it was not a good start for Frank Reich in his regime in Carolina. All right, let's get to another young quarterback. What's the message to C.J. Stroud?
2: Look, you know, everybody struggles in the first game of the year. You know, it's not going to be easy. That's why you're here. It's going to be challenging. Again, work on what you can work on. Improve. You're going to get a ton of reps. Trust your eyes, and you've got to get your arm and and feet wired together. If you see the guy open on the out, just throw it. Like, don't overthink it. Play relaxed. And the only way you can play relaxed is if you really understand what you're doing on the field. So those mental reps and physical reps are really important. They're really gonna be important. And the smaller the game plan, the better off it will be for you. I think there's no question. But you gotta continue to work on what you see, and you gotta remember, this is a fast game. And if you're gonna stare down receivers, the free safety's gonna pick you off every time. So, just be aware of that. Like, we're not playing Indiana this week. We're not playing Michigan State this week, right? We're playing in the NFL, and those free safeties look at your shoulders, they look at your eyes. And you're going to have to move them. And you're going to have to feel comfortable moving them because you know where you're going with the ball. This is about preparation. Your talent can only become talented when you're fully prepared. Last week, you did not look prepared. you got to improve on that.
1: This is Step Into My Office, rolling along here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Up next, Shane Steichen, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have been making a lot of headlines over the last few weeks. What does Steichen need to hear?
2: I think Steichen needs to hear you're doing a good job. I mean, I think you're doing you're doing the right thing with Jonathan Taylor, and I think you're doing the right thing with Richardson. He needs reps. We all know it, right? I think the key for Shane Steichen, for you to have a good season, is Gus Bradley's got to have a good defensive team. You got to be right that Gus Bradley's good defensive coach. You got to make sure that the defense can bail you out at times because you're going to be a work in progress on offense. I think what you need to understand, Shane, is. Right now, you've had two weeks of your team, you've played one game. You kind of know who you are on offense. And so you gotta know how you're gonna play and how that playing is gonna relate to the personnel that you have. And then the Jonathan Taylor situation, I think you've handled perfectly. Send him off the campus, don't let him interact with the people, don't let him be toxic. But when he comes back and he's cleared to play, if once he looks like he's trying to hurt the team, you gotta suspend him for conduct detrimental. You can't, be, you can't back down to that. You're going to have to show the team as the leader of the team that you're not going to allow this guy to destroy the team because his agents convinced him this is the best path to go. It's the same thing that the agent convinced J.K. Dobbins. This is what's going on in the league. And as the leader, you got to stand up and you got to protect your team, not necessarily protect
1: Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, after being away to rehab that ankle, is back in Indianapolis there at Colts training camp but he remains on pup and his stance has not changed that is from NFL Network's Ian Rapoport the last person heading into the office James Harden star point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers well look James I don't doubt what you said is true because it
2: never made sense to me that you would take a pay cut to sign PJ Tucker and other players without a promise or at least an understanding That you would have your, that you would opt out of your deal, and we would enter into a new four-year deal or a new three-year deal with more money. To me, that's how I read last summer. I'm reading it that way today. I understand where you are. I think your best bet would be to not necessarily deal with this in the media, but I would deal with this with Josh Harris. The minute I get back, you get back from China, you should go meet with Josh Harris. You should go present the evidence that you believe you've been lied to and show him that and then just tell him he needs to make a deal now look they're going to suspend you they're going to find you they have all the rights because you opted back into a contract so technically they own your rights and you're at a point where your career where i don't think you're as loved by everybody in the league as you think you are you know i don't think you're the elite player that you think you are you should know that because when you opted, when you were going to opt out of the deal, but you found out nobody was willing to pay you more than what this deal was. That's pretty revealing, James. That's pretty revealing. You couldn't make any more money in the open market. You thought Houston was going to pay you. They didn't want to pay you. The Clippers could have paid you, had they had you opted out, but you couldn't because there, nobody was going to pay you that money. At some point, as much as Maury lied to you, you got to look in the mirror too and say, okay. I'm not the same player I once was, and my expectations need to go tempered down. Two people, there's only two people on the planet that still think you're a good player. Maury and you. They're the only two people that think you're an elite player. Everybody else in the league doesn't buy it.
1: That is step into my office here on a Monday.
2: Was that a little too little harsh Monday. on you? Was that a little too hard? How did you handle that one there? I mean, I know you're the democ, <laughs> you're, you're very, hey, you know, you're
1: the the lawyer for all of them. But I mean, I thought it was I thought it was very pointed criticism and pointed advice for a lot of these guys. I mean, I'm not a Harden guy, so you're not going to get me out here putting the t- putting the wig on for my man James Harden. So that's not a that's not an issue for me. But I thought well, it was, I mean, it was the Harden
2: thing to me is pretty clear, right? Yeah, I, you can you could say. No – I've been around too many players, and what causes discontent Discontent is you've been prom- – I mean, Taylor thinks he was promised something. I don't know what he was. The owner made it clear. I really believe, Femi, that Maury would have paid Harden, but I think somebody stopped Maury from paying him, mm. and I think it's the owner. I think Maury would have extended him for three years and felt nothing to it, Right. Because Maury still thinks he's an elite player. That's why Maury's sitting there saying, I'm not going to take less for him. Then, you know, he's not worth it. Nobody sees him the way Maury sees. There's only two people in the world that see this guy as an elite
1: player, Maury and Harden. So Maury necessarily kind of has to fall on the sword. If it's like, let's say it came from above, that said, hey, Daryl, you cannot pay this guy that kind of money. He sort of has to fall on the sword. We're not paying him. I'm
2: not paying that guy that kind of money. I don't care if you have it in your car. I'm not committing this team. To four years of that money i think that's what happened i can't prove it but just knowing what i know about being an executive i think that's what happened
1: maybe it ended a friendship between harden and maury all right we'll do pick your poison on the other side it's the lombardi line presented by BetMGM.
0: this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here's your host timmy abethe on
2: vsan the sports betting network
1: Throughout the NFL preseason, the VEASAN experts are busy evaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide is due out later this month and will help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with picks from every on-air host, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use VEASAN betting splits, and football contest strategies. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve your copy of the guide or take advantage of our football season special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $199. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Well, the deals keep rolling in here at VEASAN.com. Make sure folks are taking advantage of that football season less than a month away. College football week zero, less than two weeks away. We are humming along here on VEASAN. This is the Lombardi Line presented by Bet MGM, Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Femi and Bebe hanging out here in Las Vegas. Mike Pritchard will join us 15 minutes from now. Our recent NFL analyst also played in nearly a decade in the National Football League. We'll talk some preseason with Mike Pritchard. But before we get back to the NFL, Michael, let's give one last update to the AP Top 25 poll that was released earlier this morning. The Georgia Bulldogs, your two-time defending national champions, are the number one ranked team in the poll. Michigan at number two, Ohio State three, Alabama four, LSU five, USC is at six, Penn State number seven, Florida State, a lot of expectations in Tallahassee this year, they're number eight, Clemson nine, and my beloved Washington Huskies rounding out the top ten there, but Michael, I almost kind of think that this, when we did the preseason polls, I thought, what
2: happened to Tennessee, I thought they were in this, uh, they're in the teens, I believe they're 12,
1: they're 12 I believe is where Tennessee is, okay, yeah,
2: Yeah. I I thought we had them higher
1: rated, okay, yeah, but I think from a, like it, to me when I look at the preseason polls, and we put up the odds right next to their numbers as well, just to kind of get the comparison to it. But the preseason poll almost, Michael, is like this is the perception, and then the odds is almost like as of this moment right now, heading into the season, this is more so the reality.
2: Well, I think, you know, it's interesting. Both Ohio State and Alabama have questions of quarterback. Who is going to be their quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And we won't know that until the next couple of weeks unfold. I mean, LSU's a popular pick. I'm shocked that USC at 14-1 to is so low, especially with they have the Heisman Trophy winner coming back and Caleb Williams. Can they be better? Penn State's the other one. I mean, uncertainty at quarterback because they're going to start a young player. But they're a good team. Everybody, if you like Florida State at 18-1 to – you could pick them to win the ACC.
1: A lot of people do. Yeah, a lot of people do like Florida. Say, get this though, from Brett McMurphy, who covers college football for the Action Network. He tweeted this out about thirty minutes ago. He says, if you don't like the preseason top twenty-five, don't worry. It will change drastically. Last year, only ten schools started season in the preseason top 25, and finished the year in the AP top 25 poll. So we know that these preseason top 25s are fun for conversation, for content, to get folks excited, but we still have yet to see these teams play. We all have our perceptions, but we know that things tend to go a little bit differently once we actually get the games later on in the fall. So don't sweat it right now. It's you know, there's still the perception yeah. st- stage, but the reality is coming in a few weeks here for a lot of these teams.
2: You know you know, I think even more so than ever before, because of the transfer portal. Hundred percent. And because of you know, we don't really know what's going on in spring. I think these AP I think they're all just a joke. I, I don't know <laughs> if you can make any sense of any of them. I think they're just putting the, the blue buds in there. Yep. Right? I think they're just like I'm surprised Texas isn't in this, right? Yep. They're 11. I'm sure Texas is probably in the t- – oh, they're 11th. They just missed it, <laughs> just right? just missed the cut. <laughs> like Washington at 40-1. to I mean, Washington's got a really good quarterback. Kalen DeBoer's a good coach. Mm-hmm. You know, they bring back a lot of their team. That's why I like – to me, I like Tennessee because their defense is all coming back, right? I don't know about Joe Milton, if he's going to be good enough. But, you know, of all the teams there, Michigan at 8-1. to I mean, Michigan's a good team, and they've got a lot of good players – and they've got two running backs, their quarterback stability. They're a good team.
1: Yeah. no, It's uh, Michigan. I know you went out and visited them at Ann Arbor last week there. So you got to see Harbaugh and the Wolverines, the two-time Big Ten defending champions there. Uh, Texas is interesting because, like, Texas always has a lot of hype heading into the season. They're number 11. Notre Dame is 13. Some of the other Blue Bloods. How about Oregon State? Number 18 in the preseason. Jonathan Smith, what they're doing out there in Corvallis. Uh, and then the team that everybody loves in Wisconsin at number 19.
2: Look, if he turns D.J. around, right, I mean, what does that say about Clemson's offensive staff, right? And Jonathan Smith's a really good offensive coach, and and D.J. never looked like the five-star great quarterback at Clemson that we all expected. You know, we thought that torch was going from Trevor Lawrence to D.J. as easy as it could be. And it never manifested itself at all. So I'm really excited to watch this Oregon State program because I think Smith is a really good coach. It's unfortunate that there's no conference that they could play in right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a whole other situation. This being the last year of the Pac-12, and it's it's a shame because there's so many Pac. I mean, you talk about USC, Washington, Utah, Oregon, Oregon State are all in the top 25. They're all in the, in the top 20 and yet the Pac-12 conference is dissolving. So that just goes to show you the state of West Coast football, uh, which saddens my heart being a West Coast guy. Uh, Let's talk, though, some NFL and play a little. Pick your poison. Which scenario is more likely? Our producer, Elliot Bowman, put this together. He always loves putting together some of these fun uh, prompts that I think are really good for the content-wise. But this first one is uh, near and dear to my heart, of course, the Dallas Cowboys. And get this, Michael. Which scenario is more likely? Dallas to lead the league in regular season wins at 11 to one or Dak Prescott to lead the league in interceptions at 10 to one. I'm going to go lead the league in wins at 11 to one.
2: I mean, like everybody, like sometimes, (laughs) I mean, sometimes those interceptions for Dak weren't his fault. Like this narrative just keeps coming away and running away with itself. Like, like Dak isn't a guy that can't read coverages or makes mistakes. like, you know, sometimes he thro- makes poor decisions, like all mm-hmm. quarterbacks. Yep. But sometimes the receivers don't catch the ball. And the ball gets tipped up in the air like it's a volleyball game, and it gets picked off. You know, it's like again. I mean, yesterday the perfect example of it is is yesterday's game. Aidan oh, O'Connell's quarterback rating was one seventeen. You know, Trey Lance's was one eleven. If anybody who has any vision at all watched the game. <laughs> there was a gap between the two players on how they play a
1: huge gap. Mm-hmm. So sometimes stats are a little misleading. Yeah. The one that sickens me is that game against Jacksonville in overtime when Dak, it was a third yeah, down course. play. That wasn't his fault. It, it throws it right to Noah Brown and Noah Brown. It was almost as if it was his job to tap it up into the air to the, 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 the defender for the Jaguars and he runs it back for a game winning touchdown like that stuff. It's like, what do you want him to do there? You know, the guys have got to catch the ball and make a play. Uh, this next one though, <laughs> this will be fun. Uh, What's more likely, Michael Lombardi, and pick your poison? The Chicago Bears to win 10 games or more at plus 250, or the Bears to lose 12 games or more at plus 270?
2: Oh, I'm going to go 12 games, lose 12. I don't see how the Bears are going to win 10 games. I don't think they're better on defense. I really don't. I think the Eberflu scheme is all about defensive front. It's all about the defense alignment. You know, they passed on Jalen Carter. They wanted to pick Jalen Carter. We know that. Mm-hmm. But they got concerned about it, and then they made the trade, which kept them out of Now, they could have traded up to get Jalen Carter, right? They could have traded back up to get him, but they didn't. Uh, and so, you know, I don't see this defensive front dominating. I know they signed the two linebackers. Edmonds didn't play. Edwards did. I don't think that's going to make a difference. Look, It's all about creating turnovers for Eberflus. I, I listened to the broadcast the other day when it was on, and they talked about like the Colts had this unbelievable defense. No, 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 wait a minute. The Colts gave up a lot of yards. They just turned the ball. They were good at turning the ball over. right? Mm-hmm. Can the Bears turn the ball over? I don't know. I, I don't see them winning 10 games. I think it's more likely they lose
1: 12. Yeah, well, it's plus 270 for those who want to go ahead and bet it and fade the Bears' optimism this offseason. This next one is spicy. What's more likely, Washington Commanders mm-hmm. make the playoffs at plus 290 or Ron Rivera is fired midseason? Wow.
2: Well, I mean, look, I, I th- there's really no excuse for Washington not to make the playoffs. If they manage the quarterback correctly, they should. I, I would go plus 290 on making the playoffs. Mm. I don't trust them. I have a lot of doubts about their head coach, about his leadership. Clearly, that came to fruition in, in the whole Bietamie thing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, you know, I don't know what what Ron does. You know, it's Del Rio does this, and Bietamie does that, and especially, I don't know what he does. So, But they have a good enough team. It's really, to me, would be a, a, a mistake to think that they can't make it. Look, they beat Philly last year. They turned the ball over. They beat Philly at home, mm-hmm. Right. They had opportunities to win a bunch of games. and got no play from the quarterback. People say, well, they got Sam Howell, a quarterback. How's look, Sam Howell can't be any worse than Carson Wentz. Let me just say that to you. Yeah,
1: I agree with you. And I was ready to go to war with this team here throughout this offseason. Like, we had talked about how this is a really good roster. It's not as bad as people think. The win total at six and a half. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then we had Rivera's comments in the exposing the lack of leadership. And now I'm just sitting on the sidelines. I'm not looking to actively fade this team, but I don't want to tie up anything mid season as well. I know this is a little bit of a cop out for me here, um, but I I think it's a team that you just play game to game. Like they should make the playoffs. Like you said, this team is good enough to do that, but I don't know if Rivera is trustworthy. Like, like, he doesn't seem to have it together, or maybe he just doesn't have the proper vision to go ahead and lead this team into the postseason. But it's a team that I wouldn't necessarily fade either because there's a lot of talent on that roster. We'll ask Mike Pritch this question. Mike Pritchard on the other side. Commanders to make the playoffs or Rivera to be fired midseason. We'll also talk about some other preseason news and notes from around the National Football League. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM.